Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. Welcome again to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Today is Sunday, the 30th of August, 2009. I'm James. I'm John. I'm David. I'm Joseph. I'm Ben. All right, we do have a few weak signals today, or at least one weak signal to speak of. Uh, Ben, you've got some major storms in your area, so you're on a a cell phone instead of our typical setup. Cell phone and candlelight. Cell phone and candlelight. Well... As long as we can hear your voice, everything should work out just fine. How many of you have a dog in your household right now? We have a dog. This is Ben. We've got a dog. He's more of a rat. He's a he's a miniature pincher. We have a, mini- a dog. A min uh, a min pin miniature pincher. That's right. John, you've got a dog. Bulldog, English bulldog. He's uh he's old now. He's nine years old now. Well, that's old for a bulldog anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, a border collie who is um, close to, well, getting close to being five years old. Uh, she'll be five years old next spring. Um, and she's definitely one of the family. Uh, ah. Cannot She cannot handle uh, when I come home and I don't acknowledge that she's there. It, it will yeah. drive her insane. insane. Yeah. Yeah, if, wow. if we leave Henry on a trip, um, he'll have a bout of colitis. It sends it sends his bowels into a mess. It's just, it's amazing. I mean, he's just a wreck. He's an emotional wreck when he knows he's being left and left out. So yeah. he's very much part of the family too. So yeah, there. So uh, David, Joseph, uh, you guys, you don't have dogs. Yeah, we we got. Um, uh, I call her Grizzly, but her name is Gizmo. Oh right, that's right. Uh, Pekingese, ten years old. That's the one with the. Yeah, that's the one that has the funky eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> funky Sorry. eyes. Funky eyes, man. They bug out of her head like crazy. Now I missed what you said about how old she was. He's ten. He's ten years old. Wow. At least that's that's what the people thought when they gave it to us. Gave her to us that she was nine, but uh, give or take a year or two. Sure. Well, uh, that's right. I I had told that I totally spaced on that. I remember that. Um, the reason I bring it up is because here we are discussing our dogs uh, as if they were members of the family, and they certainly are. But dogs growing up, um, it was a completely different perspective. And I, I'll be the first to admit, it took a lot of convincing on the part of the rest of the members of my family before I agreed to have a dog just because my experience with dogs was not necessarily one that I would say, oh, yes, what a wonderful family-oriented type of relationship. No, my experience with dogs was nothing of the sort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, dogs were not necessarily friendly, family-oriented uh, uh, animals when when we grew up. Um, they were rarely friendly. Yeah. Rarely. Um, John, you were telling me about this this um, 
Well, an unfortunate event. I'll let you tell about it. The, the, the chickens? The the one with the chickens? Well, there's that one. Sure. Uh, we'll talk about that one, but the, the oh, other one. Yeah. Oh, this is Tiki. Yeah, dog, Tiki. German, German short hair. It's a beautiful dog. Dog, dog's name is Tiki. And uh, it uh, it would, well, as we found out later, it would take off at night with um, a feral pack of dogs, and they would run through the countryside. Um, so well, for, sake, it, for sake of understanding, uh, she was not tied up. She was not penned up. She no, was just were. free to roam the, the property. Yeah. Like like most farm dogs were, right? And and, and uh, well, we didn't know that she was doing that, um, but we did have a problem with a pack of feral dogs running through the property at night and taking uh, taking chickens and and uh, uh, I think we had lambs at the time too. We had sheep, and they were causing problems with that as well. Dad got tired of it in the middle of the night. Took his gun out there, took his rifle out there, and he was training the military to do the. Uh, they shoot from the hip, or at least that's what he told us. Mm-hmm. He's out there in the alfalfa field at the time. There was the pack of dogs, and he took a shot, got one of them. It came up on it, and it was it was Tiki. Oh, <laughs> he took out his own dog, um, and he he never told the story. Mom told the story. He couldn't tell the story because he felt so bad about it. But you know, the they do so much damage that. Nobody would think twice of going out there with your gun and shooting at a pack of dogs. Um, and they're dangerous, too, not just to the animals, but they can be dangerous to the kids. Sure. Kids, too. So there was definite, uh, there was de- a definite reason to do what he did. Uh, but just as, as luck would have it, he, he got his own. Um, anyway, that's, that's not a fun story. No, but, it's uh, not a fun story. But that illustrates the difference. Um, yeah. I have a story to add to that. I don't know if this ever happened to you guys, but. That that must have happened before a lot of us rolled in because I don't remember that. I just remember we had Tiki and then one day we didn't <laughs> didn't know yeah. that story. I had no idea. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, there. Um, it's it's funny when we, we were watching an episode of of uh, I don't remember what TV show it was, but they talk about how. Um, the kids are are talking about how the the dog was taken to this special farm and it's just living wonderfully and all that. And I don't think any of us ever were told that story about oh well you know the dog has gone off to live on this wonderful farm where he'll run through the fields forever kind of a thing and he's in a happy place. No no no, we knew darn well the dog's gone and it's gone. Uh, never coming back, and probably wasn't a happy thing. Anyway, David, back to your story. Well, many years later, we had Tiki when I was only maybe three or four. I don't remember how. Yeah, old I you was were before. you were a toddler. Yeah, because yeah, I remember riding on top of her. Yeah, but but anyway, um, many years later, I was probably twelve, eleven or twelve, and we had Muffies. You know, a small dog and. I went out to the barn one morning to get wood or something, and the barn is, uh, you know, it's about 30 yards from the house. And uh, Muffy just started barking wildly, and it was a different kind of bark. It was strange. And I turned around, and in that in that space between the house and the barn, there were about 12 dogs that had just come running in, really quietly. They had just come run in. I turned around and, and I saw them. They weren't barking or anything. Right. Uh-huh. But uh, it was 
it was a real strange feeling to see all these dogs there and Muffy just stood her ground and she was barking away and and uh, uh. after about I don't know 15 20 seconds they just kind of loped away huh. but it didn't that's the first time I've ever seen a pack of dogs and they, they were all like yard dogs yes yeah. yeah and this was so it this was at night or this was during the day? It was in the morning. In the morning, early morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It was strange you know, to see dogs like running around in a pack. Yeah. Well, David, you have you have to describe Muffy to get a picture of that story because she she was a a uh, a mutt. I don't know how many different breeds that dog had in her, so she probably spoke every language of that pack of twelve. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> But yeah. uh, she, she was a mutt and a very uh, gentle, shy dog until she just was confronted by something. And her, from what I remember about that dog, she had a pelt. It was like an armadillo shell. I mean, it was <laughs> impenetrable, like wire chain meal mesh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, she was... I know she was. She had some Scottish terrier in her, some type of terrier, and she yeah. was a wired hair terrier. Uh, yeah, no fun to pick up because she wouldn't let you. No, no. she would just start screaming bloody murder if you tried to pick her up off the ground. Yeah, she, that was strange. Yeah, she, very strange she behavior. Freak out. She she smelled pretty foul most of the time. Yeah, oh. she's. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely. Not like you could give her a bath. There were no, no. baths for Muffy. It was no. she was just all natural. And just an outdoor farm dog. Yeah, that was never bathed. It never even. It never had a desire to step foot in the house. Right. It was never allowed. I don't know. When she was a puppy, she wanted to come in, but Dad wouldn't let her in, and she would whine. Remember, she cried outside, and after she was, I don't know how old she was, maybe two or three weeks, and after that, she had to be outside. And she cried for a while, and then, you know, Dad was absolutely, could not come in the house. Right. And if she tried, boy, she got yelled at. And, uh, so that's the, that's that's the irony of it all. We, we, wouldn't allow, we wouldn't allow a dog in the house, but, and I know we're going to be talking about goats later on, but there is the episode <laughs> where we had the frozen goat. Yeah. Frozen goat made it into the house, into the living room by the fireplace to thaw out and miraculously survived. But no, no dogs in the house. Well, that was a special case, and the the goat would not have survived had it not been for that. Muffy did quite well for herself, despite all of the weather. Hey, and she lived uh, in human years. I mean, she was an old dog. Yeah, how old was she? Well, she was 13 when she died, and 13? I think... Uh, that was when that was when we picked her up. It was around when I came around. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, do you remember the day she died? Yeah, I remember. I, I mean, yeah, I was, that was pretty traumatic for you and I. That was really tough because she's the only dog we ever knew, and she was, uh, she was laying she in the middle of the road when we were driving home after work one night. Oh, really? I didn't know this. Yeah, she, she had never done that before. Dad was driving. We were in the beast and. We were coming right up on the onto the bridge uh, at the canal, and she was laying right in the middle of the road. And uh, that was an obvious sign that there was something wrong with her, so we picked her up, and I think she died that night. She, she didn't last very long after that. It was a matter of hours. 
Saturday morning in October, I remember that she, she wanted to clean the house, and I was really surprised by that. And I found her, you know that on the back porch, if you walk out the, the sliding glass door and you go around to the left, that little cubby that was always full of junk? Well, she yeah. was sleeping in there, and I saw her. She wasn't moving. I pet her a little bit, and I ran and got Dad. I said, Dad, we need to take Muffy to the vet. And we came back, and she was dead. Oh, that's mm. too bad. Yeah. Mm. She, she died probably like a minute after I, I left her. Yeah, well, she was, I know she, she knew the boundaries of the property. Well, she was a smart dog. I mean, we didn't train her a lot, but she, she was very intelligent, in my opinion. She was intelligent, but she had some bad habits. Yeah, uh, she did. She oh, chased. bad habits. She would chase those car tires. Mm-hmm. She'd come down to the end of the lane with us to wait for the bus or to wait for whatever when we went down there. And these cars would go zipping by, and she would just bolt after those tires and try to nip on those. She would get so – every time you're thinking, oh, my gosh, she's going to get run over. She's going to get run over. She's going to trip, fall, and, and that will be the end of it. Uh, I remember one time she actually caught a tire. <laughs> She she got her she her jaws just grabbed onto that tire, and her body went flying. That just she just went spinning through the air, just pew like a little it was just like a little rag just flying off to the side out into the weeds. And uh, she came trotting back, you know, all looked all happy and just ready to go do it again. Yeah. That was a regular every morning thing, waiting for the bus. She'd chase the cars as we were waiting for the bus at the end of that drive. And occasionally, you know, it was, we were so used to it, we didn't even pay attention. It was just a normal part of the morning. Occasionally, a driver would stop, put on their brakes, get out, and yell at us to, you know, yeah. take care of our dog. You know, why, why are you letting your dog do this? Right. And I know I must have just given him this blank stare. What are you talking about? What's your yeah. problem? You know? That's what this dog That's does. What this dog does. <laughs> just keep going. You're not going to run over. It just it, it's not a problem, really. <laughs> we're, we're explaining to complete strangers. Just drive straight. Don't let this dog rattle you. Yeah. you. Just keep on going, sir. Just keep on going. Exactly. You'll be fine. She'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, did she ever leave the property with any of you guys? Uh, I think maybe halfway to the Stegemeyers. Maybe. Okay, so the Stegemeyers lived about half a mile away. Yeah. Down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe about that far. That's it. Yeah, she wouldn't necessarily go very far, would she? Uh yeah, what? that's true, because we would go, we'd walk along the canal bank, and after a while, she would just turn around and go back. Right. Once she, once she was, was past her, I think, her comfort level as far as separation from the property, that was that. She was back. She was headed on her way back, mm-hmm. with one exception. And this is the only time I ever, ever um, remember her being this far away from the property. I got on my bike, and I rode... Uh, to a friend's house, and this friend lived about three and a half, uh, almost four miles away. Well, maybe not that far. Three three miles away. I got to his house, 
And he told me when I got there to just knock on the door and, and he'd come and get the door. Well, the timing was off and nobody was home. Unfortunately, when nobody was home at that particular farmhouse, the dogs that lived there considered that their time to be on duty and protecting the uh, the farmhouse. Yeah. The thing about it was these were very, very big, uh, powerful dogs, and I was wholly unprepared for what was about to happen. And there were I, – I knocked on the door. Nobody was home. I turned around to get back on my bike, and there were these two big dogs, uh, a German Shepherd and, if I remember correctly, a, a, an Alaskan Husky or a Husky mix of some sort. And they were, they were both just standing there. I hadn't heard them come up behind me, but they were there mm. and just staring at me intently. No barking, nothing. Um, so I walked up to my bike and I slowly walked away from the door facing the dogs with the house to my back with the bike in between me and those two dogs so that it was sort of a barrier, at least an attempt at my, on my part to create a barrier because those eyes were telling me everything I needed to know about what their next move was going to be. Yeah. And I got past those dogs and I slowly turned myself keeping the bike between me and them. They hadn't moved at all the entire time. So now I'm still facing the dogs. The bike is between me and the dogs, and I have my, uh, I'm facing the house now, and I'm backing away from the house, and I'm backing away down the, the drive away from the house. And I'm, every once in a while, I'd look behind me to see, you know, my progress, to see how I'm doing. These dogs were smart because those two dogs didn't move. They didn't give me any clue to what was actually going on behind me. And I, I turned around just in time to see a third dog lunge right at me. Um, it had been waiting somewhere and it circled around or something and waited for me to be focused on those two other dogs. And as soon as my unprotected side was out there where he could get to it, boom, got me right on the butt and uh, bit me good. Um, then, okay, so now my, atta- my attention is completely on this third dog. I'm turning around, I'm like, totally panicked. I'm trying to get my bike between me and the third dog. Big mistake. That's when the two other dogs just came like lightning flying at me. And I thought, this is it. This, yeah. this is the end of it. I'm going to get shredded to bits. Yeah. And then they all stopped dead in their tracks and looked in a completely different direction. And they're standing in the lane, about 30 paces from where I was, was Muffy. Whatever. <laughs> I am not kidding. She's no. just standing Come there. On. I'm not kidding. There she is on her short little stubby legs, and those three dogs took off after her like there was no tomorrow. Just All boom. the way over to Scott's house. All the way over to Scott's house. Oh, and wow. I'm, I'm standing there going, What? I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, Muffy's going to get shredded to bits. Shredded to bits. And I got on my bike and I pedaled as fast as I could home. I get home and Muffy is right there at the end of the lane, panting like crazy, waiting for me. 
I have no idea how she outran those dogs or how she pulled that off or why she followed me all the way to that to, to Scott's house. Um, but that was the only thing that saved me that day. Guardian, guardian mutt, James. That's right. My my guardian wired short wired haired half terrier half who knows what mutt kept me from getting bit any worse than I was. And fortunately, uh, the bite wasn't that severe. It wasn't a, a big deal, and, and it didn't turn into anything. Uh, no, uh, I, I remember the bite being a big deal, James. I it mean, was a it, big deal to mom and it dad. It wasn't a puncture. It, it ripped you open. Yeah. I, I still have the scar. It's not something yeah. I can show to people in public, but it's there. I didn't know the muffy side of it, though. Yeah. That's that, bizarre. That was so weird because she had never left the property before. Yeah, there she was, and I don't know. I look at it as one of those, uh, one of those times in your life. You look back and you say, "Well, guardian angels, uh, guardian something." There's definitely uh, something going on here that, that that I don't comprehend because completely out of character her for for her to do that. And it certainly wasn't any different for me leaving the property on a bike. I'd done that a million times before, so why did she follow me that time? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I owe I owe probably the the um, you know the fact that my rear end looks as good as it does. I owe that to her. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that scar the only place that doesn't have? <laughs> is that the only skin you can see on the rear end, James? James, you have, to, you have to comb a little bit to see that. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a very difficult uh, scar to see anymore. Uh, not not for, not for that reason, but uh, simply because uh, over time it has it has faded away, but. You know, what's interesting is uh, most of my bike routes, you know, as kids, we, we rode everywhere on our bikes, and most of my routes were mentally marked in my mind, where are the dangerous, aggressive dogs, and how do I avoid them? Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had a, you always had a game plan when you left the house. You always had a battle plan, like this time of day, this dog's probably going to be out, so you got to watch out. And I always carried rocks with me. Yeah, it works. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Even if it you works. pretend to pick up a rock, it works. Yep. Yeah, just yeah. just bend over to pick up anything, and they stop dead. They will not go. Well, most of the time, they'll stop dead. Started yelling at them. Hmm. Ah, yeah. that's smart. That's smart. Like, I remember yeah. one time, and, and you're right. Every time I left the house to go to school, I knew there was one place I was going to get attacked. And nothing I could do to stop this dog because it would come bolting out of the yard right across the street at me and try to bite my ankles. And, of course, I'm zipping by as fast as I can. Every once in a while, I'd feel it get really, really close or it would catch my pant leg. And at the same time, I can see the dog's owner standing in the doorway, kind of like, oh, this is his morning show, you know. Oh, entertainment. <laughs> hey, I get to watch this, this you know, eighth grader. Zip by on that old bike of his, trying to outrun my dog. Hardy, hardy, har. And <laughs> probably, I, probably wondering what's on that kid's head. Yeah. <laughs> the, the head. You're like a, you're like a, a fishing lure going across the street, all those shiny parts and pieces <laughs> on your braces and headgear. Oh, that headgear. Themselves. Anyway, I I told mom about that, and mom said, "Here, 
she gave me a uh, a squirt bottle full of ammonia. And she said, next time the dog comes at you, just stop your bike and spray this in its face. I thought, okay, all right. <laughs> so next next morning, I'm you know I'm zip, zipping by. Only this time, I'm not going so fast, just to let the dog get there. <laughs> and the dog gets there, and I'm, when he's about two feet away, I went right in his face. Uh, I'd heard a dog bark. I had heard a dog whine. I had heard a dog do a lot of things, but that was the first time I ever heard a dog scream. And it was this blood curdling scream, like, like you just ripped off one of its legs or something. (laughs) It was screaming. And that's when the front porch door on that house flew open. And this guy comes out, you know, he's got no shirt on. He's got, he's got like those farmer suspenders kind of hanging down. He's like, (laughs) what the heck you do to my dog? You know, and he comes marching across the lawn. I was like, okay, it's time for me to leave. Off I go. (laughs) He was upset. I think he was more upset that I had ruined his morning entertainment than anything else. But that dog, that dog left me alone. I never had to worry about that dog again. That's just remarkable, though, because the owners that don't understand the liability they carry in having an unpredictable, violent, I wouldn't say violent, but just an unpredictable dog, unbelievable how stupid people can be uh, having an animal like that on their property. So I don't understand why an owner that would see a dog do that on their property, how they can ignore the liability that they have. Well, the, uh, just I mean, in terms of if a dog were to cha- attack a small child, I mean, you're an eighth grader, James, but still, um, that's remarkable because we we had a dog. Um, her name was Sam, and she nipped at one of Mom's friends, and that was it. We we had to put her down, and it was tough, but I think we knew it. I remember it was really tough on Dad to do that. Actually, I think Dad was semi attached to that dog. Well, and, and Dad actually took her to the vet, and he was comforting her. This is what he told me. He was comforting her and settling her down while the vet gave her the shot. And he said he just he watched her eyes, and they just slowly closed, and then she was gone. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Dad was he was hard on Muffy. He was hard on other animals, but watching them die was not something Dad liked at all. No, it's it's. No matter how much uh, of uh, how how tough the animal may have been, there's always an attachment there. Yeah, uh, I don't think that can be avoided. I certainly don't look forward to that um, with with uh, the dog that we have now. I know it's a reality. It's one of those realities of life. I suppose I'm more prepared to deal with that, having grown up on a farm and having been surrounded by um, that loss. Uh, on a regular basis than than maybe if I hadn't, but it never gets any easier, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, we would just make pelts out of our losses, you know, the goats. We well, <laughs> the goats, that's a little bit different. <laughs> hey, they were they were our pets and our food. That's true. <laughs> yes, well, it's just the truth. But those are goats. We're talking dogs here. We never made any pelts out of our dogs. That's not what I'm saying. All right. Yeah, Good but the, you guys killed you guys killed that rattlesnake and hung it on the wall. Yes. 
yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, we'll 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 uh, we'll save that for uh, a podcast when we talk about camping. Yeah, I got I, a I got a Muffy saved my life story. All right, let's hear it. As traumatic as yours, James. It was for me. I didn't get bit though. I was uh, at the end of our driveway. There were some people that were on the other side of the street, and for some reason, whoever lived there had a big dog. And uh, I got off the bus, and that dog looked at me. I took off running. And it was behind me all the way up the driveway. I can't remember what grade I was in, but, I mean, I was running as fast as I could. I came around that last corner around the hedge. That dog was just right on my heels. And I think he was playing with me, but when you're a kid, dogs aren't playing. They're they're going to kill you and bite your head off. Right. And, uh, and I came around the corner, and Muffy turned and saw what was going on, and she just, I couldn't believe it. It was a side of Muffy I'd never seen before. The same thing you guys saw. Just she took after that dog, uh, and and that dog took one look at Muffy and just turned around and bolted all the way back home. And Muffy chased that dog all the way to the end uh, of the driveway. And that's the thing I don't get. That's the thing that just does not compute with Muffy. She was nothing. She, she was like almost a wiener dog short, but not yeah. quite. Yeah, she was like oh. I wouldn't even call her mid-sized. She was a small dog, but she had this pinned-up anger inside of her that just <laughs> dominated any other dog. Well, yeah. wiener dogs are mean by by uh, natural disposition. Yeah. Um, talk about wiener dogs. I, I think she did have a little bit of, of dachshund in her somewhere along the line, and that's what would come out when... <clears throat> when she felt threatened or saw that one of us was threatened. She she was My, never mean to anybody that would come on the property, though. No. Never. Dad would cuss at her in German or something. She understood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all understood those words. I, I think, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a universal language where the words aren't really necessary. <laughs> it's, the, yeah. it's the tone of voice that, that uh, carries the message. I remember um, Opa's wiener dogs. They were mean. One of them was kind, but the other one was just ferocious. Heidi. Heidi? Heidi and Barbie. Barbie. Barbie was the calm one. Heidi had trained those dogs to wipe their feet when they came back inside. Oh, that's right. They would come into the house. They would wipe their feet. Yeah, yeah. They would, yeah. Oma and Opa would speak to those dogs in German as if they were roommates. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they were very well fed. Oh, yeah. Those dogs waddled around. They didn't walk. They waddled. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I definitely remember when we visited Opa and Oma, uh, I was always conflicted because I wanted to pet the nice dog, but the other dog was just so mean, so angry. I just never wanted to be around them. I did not like either one of those dogs for that reason. Yeah. We didn't have dogs that barked a whole lot. I mean, they they weren't annoying. That's one thing about any dog we had is they, they weren't too noisy. Um, I, I remember one night sleeping on the trampoline in the summertime. I was by myself on the trampoline, and that scared me to death but I did it anyways because I had the dog with me and it was it was Sam and she was part Labrador and whatever else mix she had in her but I remember her 
standing up at attention, and the hair went up on the back of her neck, and I thought, good grief, I'm a dead man, something's coming, because she never does that unless something's going to happen. And she put her paw on my hands just randomly, and uh, she got that low uh, throat growl. Uh. And I, I told her, I said, go get it, whatever it is. And she took off, and she ripped my my wrist open. I still have a scar to this day from her claw just taken off. Oh, and when she's running towards the orchard, it's pitch black. I hear footsteps, clump, 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 and they jump into the ditch. <laughs> I hear a big splash, and then grappling up the other side, and then wet and muddy foot just running the other direction. So <laughs> this day, I have no idea what, who, why. All I know is that dog, I'm just going to say, saved my life. I'll just leave it at that. Wow. Freaked me out. For all I know, it was probably one of my friends trying to toilet paper the house. But <laughs> either, way, either way, that dog heard something and just went after it. Wow. She didn't, wow. She didn't bark. She, whatever, whoever she was chasing, she was going to kill because she didn't bark. <laughs> yeah. They heard, yeah. They heard her coming, and then they ran. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I, I was on the trampoline. Uh, I spent summers out there because it was so hot up in our rooms. But uh, I, I think it was Bert, that last lab that we had, that chocolate lab. Yeah, um, it was the chocolate lab that was, got stolen. Yeah, he was he was sleeping in my sleeping bag, and I woke up. He's at the very bottom of the bag, shivering. I was like, "Why is this dog shivering?" And and, and he was he was whimpering, and then I heard this noise that just freaked me out. I have a flashlight with me, and I turned slowly to the back porch, and I turned on the flashlight, and there was a pack of dogs. Uh-huh. There's about seven dogs just milling around on the back porch, and I was like, I don't know. This is one of those few times where my legs didn't give out. <laughs> I, I, just, I jumped up and started going, boo, 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 get out of here, and, going, and they all took off, uh-huh. and uh, I went to sleep. Uh, well, you said you said the dog was sleeping at the foot of your sleeping bag. Yeah, shivering. Puppy. Yeah, that's oh. a very dangerous place to put any animal at your feet. <laughs> no kidding. And if they can't get out, I mean, they got to crawl over you to get out of that bag. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there was there was one. Uh, sorry, this was later. I was much older. Um, this was on one of my returns back home for a little bit, and. Uh, um, well, the only time, but anyway, uh, there was a German, German shepherd. It was a neighbor dog. Um, and it kept coming over to the property and killing chickens. Uh, and we just, it would just leave, you know, there'd be three or four dead chickens just laying on the ground the next morning. And, uh, dad picked up a couple of them one morning and brought them over to the neighbor and, uh, put them on the doorstep. Says, yeah, your dog did this. I've seen your dog on property, and I've I've seen your dog chase after the chickens, and uh, I'm pretty darn sure your dog did it. Um, you know, you owe me a couple chickens. Uh, and it happened again. And if I remember correctly, he asked me because I was there at the time. And there were like four chickens this time, and I I took this whole clutch of chickens, and I I brought them over to their house, and I knocked on the door, and it was uh, the missus was home, and and uh, she opened the door and I had these bloody dead chickens in my hands and I says, these are yours. 
and I think you know what I mean. And that was it. I left it at that, and Dad left it at that. He thought the the message was sent. You know, you know, keep your dog uh, on your property. Um, the next morning, it was real early in the morning. I hear this gunshot. It's it's close proximity. You you don't hear a, a, a rifle shot uh, that you know that close proximity from from where you know the, the two homes were. That was it. One single gunshot. Never saw that dog again. Mm. That's how it worked. Yeah. And I told Dad, uh, Dad, um, I think the neighbors just shot their dog because of dropping off the chickens yesterday. And he he had this surprised look in his eye. He kind of looked over. He's like, "You think?" <laughs> And he's like, no. I said, no, Dad, I, I think they shot their dog. And he, he looks at me again. He's like, well, okay. <laughs> no, that was it. Yeah. I thought that we, was just incredible. Though. We've got a neighbor that has a dog that chases, well, used to, chase, chased our kids. If he's outside, he will chase our children. Because he has a feeling of dominance and scares the crap out of our kids. I finally had to go to his house and warn him, I'll shoot your dog if it's near my property again, chasing my kids or not. And I'm thinking to myself, why hasn't this guy taken care of his dog? The dog's a menace. He should be, he should be shot. <laughs> you know, like you were saying earlier about the liability. You know, right. Ridiculous. Yeah, why why carry that around? It's a, it's just a it's a loaded weapon. It could go off at any time, and I don't understand why people would, won't, don't recognize that in their their dogs. I'm well, sorry, this... we were raised with dogs being kind of disposable. Maybe that's a terrible thing to say, but I mean, we all love the dogs we have now, but our dogs aren't out there chasing and biting people and killing chickens, and it's a little different, right? More but... domesticated, apparently. Well. Uh, I can tell you now that if if we had someone in the house, uh, a friend of one of the kids was over at the house, and Lexus ever did anything to harm one of those kids, um, or any visitor for that matter, that was welcome in our home, uh, there would be no hesitation because that's not a character trait that can be unlearned. Yeah, and uh, you know the potential for doing harm needs to be dealt with. It, it cannot be tolerated. Uh, because again, they cannot unlearn that. It's a natural instinct, and if if they can't control it, then, um, yeah, I know that's that's one of those realities that uh, we we don't necessarily face it so much now with, like you said, our our domesticated dogs. But uh, we certainly faced it back then. That's for sure. Yeah. So. You know, full circle. That's the difference between you know my relationship with the dog I have now and and what I experienced as a kid with the dogs that we that we had in our lives back then. I, I, I even now I can think of more situations and m- many more dogs, uh, the dogs of friends and and things I remember. But we have run out of time. In fact, we've gone way over time tonight. So um, let's call it an evening at this point. And again, uh, thanks to everybody for participating in in tonight's call. And uh, special thanks out to the listeners who have uh, begun to send uh, suggestions 
for what they'd like to hear us talk about. So uh, one of these days, if you hear a topic that sounds uh, familiar to you, well, then you'll know we've been listening to your suggestions, and uh, we certainly take that into account when we decide what we're going to be discussing on a given evening. So thanks for listening to the podcast. We look forward to meeting again, and until then... Goodbye. Good night. Good night. Hey, good night.